RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Where have I been for two weeks? Where have you been for two weeks? It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. That means it's Mission Log Live. And that must mean that I'm John Champion. And I must be Ken Ray. Hey, by the way, thanks for everybody who kicked in on a Kickstarter on his bail. But really, we have to keep an eye on it. Yes, it is Mission Log Live, the show where you, our Star Trek pals, join us, your Star Trek pals, to talk about, No, I don't know, we can talk about Star Trek if you want to. We could talk about what you had for lunch. We could talk about what I had for lunch. You know, uh, we could dig into serious topics of monumental importance like religion. Because that's always fun. Uh, joining us tonight, a returning special guest, Dr. David Kyle Johnson, professor of philosophy from King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He's going to be uh, with us to get down to the nitty gritty. We want your opinions, your thoughts, your questions. This show was actually started by a question. So if you think I send in my questions and nothing happens, this is a listener question is the reason we have this show tonight. So people really do win. Here's how you join us. Click on the Zoom meeting uh, on our uh, Facebook page if you want to, or you can use the one on top of your smartphone, or you can give us a call, 669-900-6833, 669-900-6833. Then uh, you punch in the meeting code, and uh, you get to talk to Earl. And then, uh, and then Earl, if he's feeling generous, uh, will let you call in with us and, uh, and talk to us and to, uh, and to our guest, uh, Dr. Johnson. Hey, uh, what I miss the last two weeks, Ken? Uh, cool? people, people were really worried. They were really worried. Yeah. It could have to do with me saying uh, that you were on the lamb. So, so <laughs> I, I got a text. I got it uh, just, just to clear the record. I, I was on vacation. Yeah. Uh, I, I had booked this thing like nearly a year ago with um, some friends to take this trip. And mm-hmm. uh, just very strangely that all of this occurred kind of in the first half of the year. But I was on this trip and uh, I did actually get a text from a listener slash friend saying, hey, what, what's going on? Ken is saying that uh, you're in jail. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. For- yeah, no problem. It was fun, honestly, because, yeah, well, y- you'll go back and listen and hopefully yeah. you'll like it. You know, just listen to the first like minute because that's the part where we talked about you. Oh, and then I'm done. That's what yeah. you're listening for anyway, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> fast forward to the next week where we do it again. Cool. Hey, I tell you what, uh, there are a lot of people standing by in the chat room, and I do really hope that all of these people join us for the conversation. As you mentioned, Ken, tonight's show was actually suggested or the topic was suggested by one of our listeners. And we'll get to that in just a moment. We'll get to our guest in just a moment. But let's say hi to the people who are in there. We have Thomas. We have Scott, Matthew, Eric, Karen. uh, We've got Brian. We've got Ron. We've got Brandon. We've got Douglas. uh, Just so many people saying hello. Hello. Good evening. Hi, everyone. And I kind of miss this part. Uh, Thomas, right at the top of the show, was saying, I was just listening to the Who Live at Leeds, which is a past Mission Log reference. I wish I knew exactly where that reference was, because that is one of my favorite all-time rock albums. So I'm certain that I slipped it in there somewhere. Uh, so you'll have to remind me because, look, 313 shows later, I don't remember, to be quite well, honest. Plus yeah. all the live shows. So, I mean, plus all the live shows and there. the supplementals. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's best to forget. It's best yeah. to forget, Ken. Who yeah. references for you, honestly, are like they might be Giants references for me? There's no yeah, point in trying yeah. to count them because they're just, they're just far too many of them. Yeah. Hey, somebody asked if uh, if they ever mentioned the Beatles in Star Trek. And and I'm sure that we mentioned the Beatles on our show. But it's one of those things, again, we're like, no, Riker's going to go listen to some nice loot music instead of saying, I'm going to go to the holodeck and go to Shea Stadium 1964. You know, if they were going to, you would think it would have happened in Discovery because Discovery is the one where we had, um, oh, golly, I can't even remember. It's like a mashup where... We have some good disco, disco in disco. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was an old disco song, but it was actually a hip hop remix of an old disco song. Yeah. And that one in the Dance With Me for Science episode. Yeah. Um, um, Madness to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Uh, but then uh, they also had, uh, they had Tilly singing Bowie earlier this year as well. 
Oh, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, with the bigger budgets, the more cinema like approach of discovery, you can get those song rights in there. Yeah. You can blow yeah. a few bucks on a real song. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And keep it for home video release. And everything. that's the really, that's the tricky part. That's what uh, prevents them. Uh, from doing that in the old days. So uh, thanks, everybody, for chiming in. Very happy to see you here. And, um, yeah, we will get to your calls and comments in just a moment along with our guest. Yeah, we do want to thank you for checking us out here live on Facebook. Or if you're catching the video, is the video happening right now on YouTube, John, or is that still a later thing? No, happening right now. Earl well, is restreaming it as we speak. Well, then, hello, people on YouTube. Actually, we're the people on YouTube. Hello, people watching on YouTube. If you want to check it out there, by the way, youtube.com slash Roddenberry Prod. Um, if you're catching only the audio version later, hey, that's fantastic. We're glad to have you here, no matter how you're joining us. The only thing we ask is wherever you're joining us, uh, hit like, hit share. You know, if you're if you're uh, subscribed through Apple Podcasts, maybe give us a, you know, hit five stars or something there. Like, like an Uber driver, we're asking for five stars, if you would, please. Um, yeah, hit like and hit share and let everybody know that we do this every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, because the more people calling in, uh, the more fun we have. Hey, a little bit of business to get through before we bring on our guest. Um, I do want to remind everybody, as I do, about our fundraiser for Scott Palm and the heroic curriculum that continues look we got all summer long before the school year starts up again and we i know that we can reach our goals especially because the roddenberry foundation is matching every dollar that you donate and when i talk about that curriculum that scott is involved in for uh, heroic for the pop culture hero coalition it's a curriculum with two goals number one teaching children with serious physical disabilities resilience healthy identity, breaking barriers, and other crucial mental health and life skills. And part two is teaching the peers of those children values like inclusion, inclusion and ending marginalization and being an ally. This is not just great work. It is important work. And here's the thing. It is not the easiest work due to Scott's cerebral palsy, which is why, as I said, the Roddenberry Foundation is joining you to help Scott help the world. So go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. You will see a link to the fundraiser there and you kick in a few quatloos and the Rodberry Foundation will match it. Now, I'm not saying to give because he does good work. I'm not saying to give because it's his birthday. At least it was last week, last week, two weeks ago. Give because he does good work. He does great work. He does important work. So give generously. The Rodberry Foundation will match your donation dollar for dollar facebook.com slash mission log pod i've also got it up at our twitter page twitter.com slash mission log pod just look for that post click the link make a donation look even if you can't it's more important that we get the word out share it make sure your friends see it we do appreciate it and we do appreciate you helping scott to make the world a better place it is pretty cool Hey, we got another business that we're taking care of. Uh, Mission Log, of course, we're back in the Mission Log now. We did the uh, the search parts one and two uh, this past week. We're uh, going to be visiting the House of Quark this week. It, it's a Mission Log kind of thing to do. Also, if you have not been listening to the Daily Star Trek News, uh, the, the new podcast on the Roddenberry Podcast Network, we definitely encourage you to do that. Uh, possible hints at a Riker return. Gersha Phillips talks dressing track and what's Ronald D. Moore been up to these days? John, how many shows do you think it would take to get all that news? Uh, I would guess like 11, but I no. think in this case, no. in this case, one. Today, actually, Whoa. all of those stories were on today's Daily Star Whoa. Trek news. So wow. if you're not listening, you missed all that in one day. Plus, you get, you know, that kind of news. You get trivia, you get Trek history, you get Trek events going on all across the country. So there may be something happening near you that you can get to. It's 15 minutes or less every day. Daily Star Trek News with Allison Pitt. Find it wherever you find podcasts or check it out at its home on the Roddenberry Podcast Network, podcast.roddenberry.com. Hey, Karen, right there in the chat, right there in the chat, she says, I love the daily news. Really? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Karen? That's another one of those uh, hit, like, hit, share kind of things, too, because, um, I mean, it's been really, it's a, it's a growing show, and it's neat to watch that show grow, and I think the more people who listen to it, 
Well, you know, John, I'm a huge believer in daily podcasts. And, yes. and, and uh, yeah, it, it's neat to have a voice uh, that's it's a, part of a, a part of your everyday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one talking Star Trek, well, that's just twice as neat, isn't it? Paul chimed in there, too. He said, I've been enjoying the daily Star Trek news, exclamation point. Thank you, Paul, exclamation point. All right. Uh, moving on to other upcoming events in Sansar, a week from Thursday. So June 13th, we'll have Larry Nemechek talking about stellar cartography, so the science behind the stars in Star Trek. And I mean, the twinkly things, not you know, William Shatner, but yeah, whatever. We'll probably talk about that too. June 20th, we will have our long awaited screening of White Room in 360 degrees. So come check that out as well. You can sign up for free at sansar.com. You do need a PC, but you don't have to have VR goggles. You can do it in desktop mode. So still join us, whether you've got the VR headset or not. And hey, convention season is getting so close. We will be at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we got the confirmation that the podcasters panel will be on that Saturday. Ah. Yeah? No, what? we no. didn't get that confirmation. We got confirmation that there's going to be a panel. Oh, oh. They're doing that thing that they do, yes. Oh, they're, they're paying You may well loops. be safe. You may be safe saying exactly what you think is correct. Okay. And it may, in fact, be the thing. But yeah, when you were, uh, when you were off, uh, you know, out running yeah. Johnny Law, mm-hmm. uh, Larry was here last week saying, yeah, I can't tell you. I mean, he's like, I could tell you, but I'm not allowed to. So. Oh, okay. All you're right, not necessarily enough. wrong, John, uh, but you would be wrong to say so, apparently. Okay. Hey, look. So Comic Con is a thing. It happens yeah. in San Diego. There will be a John there. There will be a Ken there. You can find us. Yes. There will be, us. there will be other podcasters there as well. And yeah. at least one panel that we'll be part of. Um, I only know about the one panel for certain that we'll be part of, but, uh, yeah, yeah last it. year was my first year at San Diego comic-con and I don't think it's going to be that thing where it's like, well, I have to do this every year, but I really am looking forward to going back. Yeah. Right. And look, I'll give everybody Ken's number so you can text him and find out where we are. And then, then we'll be at Star Trek Las Vegas the first week of August and there will be panels. There will be a Roddenberry booth. There will be so much fun. There will be a landing party on that Tuesday night. It is just all already getting packed up with uh, activities. Yes. Uh, Panels plural on that one. Plus we got the place at the table. So I mean, looking forward to lots of conversations. Uh, with lots of people there, and we hope you'll be one of them. Or, you know, two or three. Heck, I don't know. Be as many as you want. (laughs) It's cosplay. You could come back. Seriously, that happened to me not last year, but the year before. I was talking to to a fellow podcaster, Amy Nelson. And she was up and she was talking, and that was a lot of fun. We had a great conversation. The next day, this woman came dressed as Deanna Troy, and we're talking for like five minutes. I'm like, I know you. And she's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because that was uh yeah that was also her hey uh we got stuff going on for this show of course uh of course. we got the poll which we did last week and golly we thought it'd be fun to do another one mm-hmm. uh, last week the question was which picard do you want to see because uh, i know you were uh you were um outrunning a posse john but mm-hmm. there were uh there was a there was a picard trailer released that uh, got a lot of tongues wagging and so the question that we asked was, which Picard do you want to see? Do you want to see talking Picard or do you want to see action Picard? And uh, people have apparently had enough of action. Talking Picard wins by 88 percent. Excuse me. Whoa. 80% say they want talking Picard. 12%. 12% say they want action Picard. Now, I'm willing to bet over the course of 10 episodes, you're going to get both. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm, ho- I'm I, I like the people who uh, who uh, chimed in on the poll. I'm hoping for a lot more of uh, talking Picard than action Picard. I, I don't disagree with you. Still got to make a show that's fun and engaging. But I yeah. do not disagree with you that uh, I want I want some some thought, some talk um, this week. Boy, way to deflect because we got a major topic that we're literally just seconds away from. But our, our poll question this week. So uh, uh, how you doing? Well, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. That's 51% of you. Could be better. That's 49% of you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's very kind of everyone. <laughs> hey, tonight, he has been waiting so patiently. Our guest is Dr. Kyle Johnson. He is an associate professor of philosophy at King's College in Pennsylvania. His career in academia has a strong focus on pop culture. There's definitely science fiction in there. 
Star Trek, of course, but also shows like South Park and The Daily Show. In addition, uh, and I still need to read this, uh, Kyle wrote The Myths That Stole Christmas. Kyle, welcome back for your second run on Mission Log Live. Uh, I, I tell you, you are our first choice when uh, when we decided on this topic. I'm so glad that you could make it tonight. Well, thanks, John and Ken. Thanks for having me. I think we're going to have a very enlightening and controversial discussion. Excellent. And we've already got somebody standing by. So what I'm going to do is to sort of dive into the topic. And I want to explain, as Ken said at the top of the show, uh, this is a topic. It's not the first time this has come up by any stretch, because in more than 300 episodes of Mission Log and multiple Mission Log Live, religion is a topic that has come up in Star Trek. And therefore, we have heard back from our listeners. This particular email, though, posed the question in such a way that we really felt like uh, it it wasn't something we could reply to in an email. Uh, You can't give it short shrift. So why not have a show about it and have it on expert such as yourself? So here we go. This is from Sean Fowler. Sean says, I've been a listener since episode 22, Space Seed. I can't believe it's been six and a half years. What an achievement. I'm so proud of you guys and what you've accomplished. Can't wait for the next six and a half or 12 or 20 or whatever it's going to be at this point. I'll cut to the chase. While I also have a love and passion for Star Trek, I approach it from a different philosophy than you and Ken. I'm not a secular humanist. My question is, do you feel that there is room in Idic for religious belief? If not, why not? If so, what aspects of religion are helpful to the Idic value? I think that this is an interesting question for Mission Log, since Deep Space Nine decided to explore this question through Kira. However, I don't think I could answer for you and Ken what your opinion on this development would be, even after six years of listening. Thanks for taking my question. I'm excited to hear the response. By the way, I don't think Mission Log should change how it watches Star Trek. In fact, after many TOS and TNG themes, I've asked myself, oh boy, I wonder what in the world these guys will say after DS9 covers this topic. P.S. Don't feel the need to be sensitive or politically correct. I know you get hate mail whenever you talk religion, and that's just not the person I am. I feel confident in my own beliefs and have no fear of those that believe otherwise. Side note, if you're ever interested in a good philosophy of religion discussion, I hope you won't think twice about reaching out. Well, I did reach out. I actually sent Sean an email and said, hey, your email was so interesting. We're doing a whole show about it. And if you want to come on, if you're available for the live show, come on and talk to us. Uh, but if not, obviously, you can catch the uh, the recorded show later. So that is the proposal from Sean here to have this discussion about religious belief and its place in Idic. And I think what it comes down to, guys, is um, at least the way that I would phrase it, is there a logical limit to Idic? Because words like infinite are very big and very loaded when you say infinite diversity, an infinite combination. It, it truly means that any topic, any idea, any suggestion, any belief is acceptable as part of the whole. And uh, we, we tried to tackle this at one point, Ken. And I remember I had just read a book called The Philosophy of Star Trek, and they made the interesting proposal that uh, it, it does have a limit that says that uh, anything that is anything that would contradict contradict diversity Therefore, contradicts Idic. Therefore, it is not a part of Idic. Now, this might just be kind of playing fast and loose here with the wording, but I, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around what that means. And um, I tell you what, I know that we got Scott standing by, but I, I want to go over to our guest, uh, Kyle, who has been so patient and just sort of give your opening thoughts here. And then uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that so the last thing that you said is. Uh, very enlightening and i think that there's a parallel in philosophy uh that can be that help you understand this so there so two things one uh the mere fact that it calls for infinite diversity and infinite combinations does not logically demand that everything be accepted or tolerated because you can have well here a simple mathematical right uh all of the all of the even numbers, right? The set of all even numbers is infinite, but it does not include all numbers because it does not include all odd numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So you could have 
infinite diversity, infinite combinations, and yet still leave out an infinite number of things, actually. Um, so infinity does not demand that you require everything. So we're not, we're not held to that just because it has the word infinite in it. Uh-huh. Uh, secondly, uh, this claim that uh, Idic could not include anything that is opposed to diversity is very similar to Karl Popper's uh, paradox of, of tolerance. Um, are you familiar with this at all? No, please. Okay. Enlighten us. Yeah. So, so Popper, uh, John Rawls talks a little bit about this as well. Popper's position was that in a, a free and open society needs to be tolerant of dissenting views and different ideas. And that tolerant needs to be very wide scoping. But one of the things that it can't do is tolerate intolerance. So this is why it's a paradox, right? Because tolerance should call for tolerance. Well, shouldn't you tolerate everything? What about intolerance? And, and essentially, Popper argues that that should be an exception to the rule, uh, that intolerance should not be tolerated by people who advocate for tolerance. Beca- and, and he's doing this in a situation where he's seeing liberal democracies, you know, being taken over by Nazis and that kind of stuff, right? And he's saying that what happens is these people who are intolerant, these people are literally intolerant of the existence of Jews. They're literally intolerant of the existence of minorities. They're taking advantage of this liberal uh, uh, quality, this liberal uh, value of tolerance to then spread intolerance. And if that is tolerated, essentially tolerance ends up going away. So if tolerance becomes too tolerant so that intolerance intolerance, the intolerance takes over and that means tolerance goes away. And so to protect tolerance, you have to be at least a little bit intolerant. And in, <laughs> in, in that, you have to not be able to tolerate intolerance. And so what's going on here is if you really are promoting, so the, obviously the parallel is if you really are promoting infinite diversity and infinite combinations, you wouldn't want to include in this list of infinite diversity, infinite combination, right, and infinite combination things, that you, you wouldn't want to include something that is opposed to diversity because that would end up taking over, and then you would not know you would no longer have infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Wow, uh, I, I'm going to go back and listen to that part of the show about ten more times after we're done. I, I, I think I've wrapped my head around that, but yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you there for that. There's a question that I wish we could ask Sean, and we do have uh, Scott lined up. And Scott, we're going to get to you in about, well, I, I say about 30 seconds, but I'm going to put a question to uh, to Kyle really quickly and then see what happens there. But Scott, we're with you. We'll be right there. Um, I kind of wish we could ask Sean whether his question is, is there room for religious belief as opposed to is there room for evangelism? Because my my immediate thinking, and, and tell me what you think about this, uh, Kyle, um, my immediate thinking is I don't care what you believe. I don't. You believe the world's flat? Go do that thing. I mean, it, where it starts to get weird is like, you know, things about you know, vaccinations and stuff like that, because then you run the risk of possibly endangering somebody else. But if you believe, you know, that your carpet is the Lord, that's fine. Believe that. If you then come out of your house and say, no, seriously, my carpet's the Lord. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to hit you. Then we get a problem with your belief because your belief at that point is not about your belief. It's about your willingness to, 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 to try to coerce me into believing what you believe. Yeah. So I think that that's where you end up. So if, if, if it cannot tolerate things that themselves are not tolerant of diversity, then evangelical religion would not be something that falls under the itic umbrella. Right. Uh, because they're like, and as, yeah, well, this is the perfect example, right? Like if, if they come in and they're all evangelical and they're trying to convert everyone to their view, if those who are embracing Idic tolerate that and accept it and celebrate it, right? Well, then eventually everybody gets converted over to that view and then you have no more infinite diversity, infinite combination. Everybody belongs to that religion now, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, I think that Idic could tolerate like you want to believe what you believe. You go right ahead and believe that that you could at least tolerate that. And I think there's a, there's a, there's an interesting distinction between tolerance and acceptance. Interestingly, tolerance used to just be like tolerance actually used to mean I'm going to not interfere with something that I don't like. That's what tolerate means as opposed to acceptance, right? Um, now tolerance is often, it has to be accepted. And that's, that's a, like a kind of linguistic development that the tolerance has kind of taken on that, that new view. But if we go with the old, version old definition of tolerance where it just means i will 
put up with it regardless of whether I like it. Maybe we could put it that way. Um, then it would seem that religion could be included uh, in Idic, but not if it's evangelical. If it's, like you said, if it's let you believe what you believe, that's fine. But as soon as you start trying to convert other people over, that would be something it would not be able to, to tolerate, to be to include under the Idic umbrella. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Or if you're on our Facebook page, there's a link right there. Click on that, punch in the meeting codes, and you can be on doing the video thing. Uh, Scott has been standing by patiently. Good evening, Scott. Good evening, John and Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Scott, you guys put me to sleep every night with your podcast. By the way, I listen to it. <laughs> I mean that in a good way, too. Oh, okay, okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. (laughs) Thanks so much. What's on your mind tonight, sir? My question being infinite diversity and infinite combinations, and I'm enjoying the talk here. How do we reconcile the TOS episode, Bread and Circuses, with what we're saying on infinite diversity with infinite combinations? Should we not, if we are comfortable in our beliefs, should we not allow infinite diversity regardless of their evangelism because we are comfortable in our beliefs does not mean that we would succumb to another person's evangelism. Everyone is comfortable and believes how they were and how they should be. See, I, well, and I thought about this even as I was asking uh, Kyle the question, I definitely want to get his answer. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, honestly, I'm reminded of a song that we used to sing in the church in which I grew up. They will know we are Christians by our love. Exactly. So, exactly. Okay. So when you say though, I mean, when, so when I'm saying evangelism, I mean, there's a problem somewhere along the way, it seems to me of, I, I would like to, I would like to share with you this idea as opposed to, I would like to legislate to a point that you're not allowed to live by ideas that don't include mine. But I mean, let me ask, let me, let me turn it to Kyle really quickly. I mean, is there a, is there a distinction? Can you parse the distinction between sort of like, uh, sort of a genteel evangelism as opposed to uh, the legislative sort of evangelism, or is it the kind of thing that it's like, mm, it'd be really great if you let me just, you know, let me be me. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's an important distinction to make there between the, like what you call the genteel evangelicalism, uh, evangelicalism and the more kind of robust evangelicalism. Um, let, let me, let me draw an analogy uh, and then see if, see if that helps at all. Um, so again, Popper's writing, you know, before World War II, and he's dealing with Nazis in Germany and, and that kind of stuff, um, and or in Austria, uh, uh, but he's dealing with fascism, right? And um, and consider the kind of like, no, no, you should tolerate them because, yeah, they're trying to convince people to be Nazis and embrace their view, but I'm comfortable in my view, and they won't convince me, and so we should we should be tolerant and accepting, accepting that, right? Uh, clearly there's a problem there, right? Like you might be, a, you might be comfortable in your view and you're not going to change your mind, but not everyone uh, will be. And if they are preaching a kind of intolerant message, then that should not be uh, tolerated, right? Um, on, you know, on, on Popper's, on Popper's view. Um, so I think with that in mind, it probably is the case that like the the soft and the hard evangelicalism might make a difference because if they are doing a kind of soft evangelicalism where they're just trying to convert people by setting an example and right, like the way we're living is good. You should want to live this way. That probably is not going to be threatening to the actual having of infinite diversity, infinite combinations. Right. Uh, But if it is the more fervent, we're going to force our beliefs on you. We are going to convert under a sword or something like that. Right. Then, then uh, that's, that wouldn't be tolerated. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, and, and, and clearly within Star Trek, there's a sort of, you know, generic acceptance of religious belief. Now, we, we, we've seen this throughout the shows, and when we, particularly when we talked about TOS, but uh, to a lesser extent and Next Gen, you know, uh, it, this is not a show or these are not characters who are coming at something from a particularly uh, religiously informed position. But we see that even in TOS, there is a chapel on board. And it, it is sort of generically decorated. There are people who have, uh, um, you know, the, there was a, uh, a woman at the helm at one time who had, uh, I believe, like some Hindu headdressing or the, um, I forget the, the makeup Hindi. on the forehead. Let's go the Hindi. Yeah. And uh, yes, yes. 
So the, there are references to these beliefs that exist within this world of Star Trek. But again, you, you never see anything that is an example of someone forcing a belief on someone else, unless it's Kirk destroying a computer that runs a society. But yeah, that's, right. that's not going to be a religious belief. That's going to be like right. belief that everybody needs to suffer to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, a, it's a, a technological overlord of some right. sort. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, but I think that they're, oh, the, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Uh, we can finish your thought. Oh, I just say that I think that this is maybe where the, uh, maybe a distinction between acceptance and tolerance is, is useful here, right? Um, so if, and it, boy, and it just really depends on what the religious belief is. So this is another distinction that, that, that you can make. Um, what kind of religion are we talking about? Are we talking about a religion that is exclusivist, where it thinks that, people who belong to that religion think that they're the only ones that are right and everyone else is wrong, right? Um, Idik could not accept that view, right? Because if it accepts that view, well, then it just is that view. Like, it's just everyone who embraces Idik just embraces that religion. Um, it could tolerate that view, right, in that we will will not interfere with it, but we won't, you know, we won't accept it or endorse it, right? Um but if they're a religion, like people can embrace religion and not take the religion literally. They can embrace the moral virtues and values uh, and even think of the stories of, of the religion as fictional stories that hold a moral message that they like and resonate with. And they belong to the religion uh, that way. So they have a non kind of they have a non literal view of what religious language does. Right. Um, and so other people who don't belong to their religion aren't wrong. They just accept a different set of stories or something like that, right? That can be totally tolerated under Idic, it would seem to me, uh, without any problem. But once you start getting, we are the only ones that are right, our truth is a literal truth, and no, that, that's where you start having the problems with including that in the Idic umbrella, I think. Scott, did you have any other, any, uh, any other follow-up questions or anything like that? Or how you doing? No, no, I do not. I enjoyed the discussion. Thank you all for letting me be a part of it. Thanks, Scott. Thank, thank, thank you very you. much for calling in. And uh, hey, talk to you at bedtime, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Hey, I, it, it, with me, Ken. You go to bed with me. <laughs> in Scott's my mom's defense, watching, dude. Seriously. <laughs> in Scott's defense, that is not an insult because I did the same thing for a very long time. I would put you guys on and fall asleep listening to the cast, and then I would just pick it up wherever I fell asleep. I would just pick it up and go again. I used to do that all the time. And they're catching on to our cunning plan, John. Uh, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone or uh, go to our Facebook page and uh, and join us by video there. And I promise if you do fall asleep listening to the podcast, John is seriously not putting subliminal messages into the podcast. <laughs> no, no. It's totally fine. Promise. That desire for a martini and a nice blazer is entirely you. Yep. And has nothing to do uh, with secret mission log Illuminati. Uh, Doug is on with us now. Doug, thank you very much for waiting. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, can you hear me all right? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, I have two, two sort of things. One is on topic and one is sort of on topic. Um, my, uh, my new uh, belief, religious belief, is that I must be living in the holodeck because everything is interconnected in crazy ways. Uh, I was listening to your episode where you interviewed Robert J. Sawyer not that long ago. And the next day, my friend uh, invited me to see him give a talk at the Calgary Library. And so I said, wow, that's uh, serendipitous. So I went to it on Sunday. And guess who's hosting it? But Garrett Wang. Ah. Unannounced. I I had no idea. There's like 50 people in the room. I'm like, (laughs) and then uh, so I get to talk to Robert J. Sawyer afterwards. And I pick up his latest book. And who is it dedicated to? But Chase Masterson. Uh, right oh. there. So this, and, and then I mentioned that I, I, I heard him on the podcast and he's uh-huh. raving about you all. And, uh, so the world is too small. Everything is interconnected. I'm in the holodeck, obviously. Just one, one big family. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but my, my second comment is sort of, um, a little bit more on the idea of canon and, and the idea of when do we take things literally and figuratively? Kind of what, sorry, I forgot your name. Um, with the PhD, fantastic. Kyle. Kyle. Kyle, sorry. Um, but what you were just saying about like, you know, taking stories fictionally, uh, what can we learn from them? Not worrying about them being literal and it's sort of like what you do every week on mission log in a way, right? These are fictional stories, but what can we learn from them? Um, but at the same time, some people can get so 
focused on canon and the specifics and the details that seem to miss the bigger thing. And how do we sort of rectify that as fans of Star Trek? How do we meet in the middle on that? I don't know. Hmm. Notice that this is, uh, well, the term itself, right, of what we concluded as canon and not, right? That that comes from the religious debates about what should be included in the Bible and shouldn't be, right? Because there's more than four Gospels, right? There's uh, Gospel of Philip, Gospel of Mary Magdalene, yada, 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 yada. There was a whole bunch of other days, right? Um, But there were, yeah. So, but like, right? Like that's, that was the debate. And that's, they were trying to include, like, what stories do we include or not, right? And debates about canon in anything, right, are very, very similar, and they're a big, big deal if you think that the story is supposed to be literally true, right? If you, if, so in religion, right, if you think religious language is supposed to be literal, uh, it's a really big deal about what you include in the canon and what you don't, right? And historical criticism should come and be involved in trying to figure out what's historical or not. But if you don't, if you don't take it as literal, then it doesn't matter as much, right? And so it really does, the religious issue of canon becomes like the sci-fi or the Star Trek issue of canon. It's what stories do I like? Which ones don't I? Which ones do I think have good messages? Which ones don't? So what do we include? What are we going to not include, right? So when, um, uh, I already forgot his name. Who was the last person we just, we were just talking to? Um, Scott, 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 right. When Scott asked about bread and circuses, what do you do about bread and circuses? Uh, my mind said, you decanonize it. You decanonize it. <laughs> right? like, well, uh, well, truly. Yeah. Gene, Gene later said, Oh, I hated that. Right. That, that it was just sort of, uh, uh, the, the ending of that episode, he just sort of scratched off and yeah, it, it, not his finest moment. Right, right, right. And so that's, I mean, that's what you can do because it seems to be incompatible with the, you know, the humanism of Roddenberry Star Trek, obviously, right? But also you could argue that there's some etic problems there as well. And so that could be a way that you deal with it. You just decanonize yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've said the C word entirely too much on this show. I'm sorry, both of you. Um, but but it, it, you hit exactly why I don't like using that word when it comes to Star Trek because because of the religious connotations of the word canon, the religious implication in history of the word canon. And as we say week after week, Star Trek is fiction. It is a show. There is no Kirk. There is no Enterprise. There is no Picard. There is no Riker, et cetera, et cetera. It's very important that we realize these are stories that TV writers wrote to make a buck <laughs> to get on TV. Does not mean that they're not good stories. Doesn't mean that there aren't valuable lessons in them. And that's the whole purpose of Mission Log is to mine those messages out of it. Um, but yeah, my, my skin crawls a little bit when I am even near a debate about sort of what counts and what doesn't count. Because it seriously just comes down to what you like and what you don't like. Right. Um, well, and uh, just maybe just to counter just a smidge, I, I might point out that a lot of the debates about what to include in the canon and the biblical context wasn't about like historical accuracy. It was about what theology do we like? Right. Mm-hmm. Which, 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 which stories, which gospels have the moral message that we like, which ones has the metaphysical propositions that we like that say the right things about who Jesus there or, you know, was and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the, the history. Right. And so debates, even like debates about Star Trek canon could be very, very similar in that it really is like, oh, I want to decanonize bread and circuses because I don't like the moral message. Right? <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but fair enough. Yeah. That's a fascinating. I'm sorry. That's we've been debating what kind of panel we want to do in Vegas, and that's an amazing one. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which ones do you want to decanonize? Because we could actually end up with a totally weird totalitarian army filled Star Trek. Ooh, let's do it. <laughs> or, or the other way around. I mean, either yeah. one's possible. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah. I think statistically, you probably would end up with that. Like, if you look in terms of the scope of Star Trek, Ken, you might be right. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, well, you, yeah, I'm really glad you called in, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, do you have anything else on your mind tonight? Any other comments you want to throw in? No, uh, just keep up what you're doing. I love the show, love the live show, love the recorded thing. Uh, cheers from an hour north of Vulcan, Alberta. Oh, oh nice. nice. So, so you've been I, I there. Yeah. I had no idea that there was anything north of Vulcan, Alberta. <laughs> Most of Canada, but yeah. Oh, well, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah I, honest, honestly, well, I haven't looked at a map I've in a very long time. Don't I need to. Was, I thought it was much further up than that, but cool. Very okay. cool. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks See you, Doc. Thank you. 669 uh, is the phone number to call. 669 or you can use the one tap from your smartphone, or if you're on our Facebook page, click the link there. 
uh, doing all the uh, meeting codes and, and notes and stuff, and you'll be on the phone with Earl. Uh, uh, that whole conversation brought up a weird question for me, John. Mm, yeah. Are the comic books canon for Star Trek? And you know those little comic books they used to give out at the uh, at the bus stop? Uh, there's yeah. canon for my religion. There's so uh, many, yeah. yeah. Opening up so many questions. How about uh, Chick Tracts? I, 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 I had a collection of Chick Tracts for a while. Um, man alive. I remember those. Yeah. yeah they were they very scared. Yeah. They literally scared the hell out of me. I, I can tell you, Ken, the, the comic books, Star Trek comic books are not canon, but... Uh, the Happy Meal boxes that had Klingon jokes on them, those are canon. Fantastic. Yep. Yep. Hey, we have Karen standing by on the phone, so uh, we would love to hear what you have to say. Welcome to the show, Karen. Hello. Hey, how are you tonight? Good. Excellent. What is on your mind? Well, I was thinking and listening to this, um, a kind of have a different comment to make than I was originally going to talk about. Um, I do think some of what complicates the idic concept is because you have idic in universe and you have idic as it relates to the audience receiving the stories. And that can also complicate the idea of tolerance and what is tolerated um, you have any ideas on that? Because that's what's, I think, what makes it difficult for it to be a more straightforward concept. Because within universe, I think it's a little bit more um, black and white. Not completely black and white, of course. But, you know, it just doesn't involve as many questions as it does in relationship to projecting to an audience. Because we're kind of like one foot in the universe and one foot out in our own big uh, melting pot of ideas and religions and, and uh, spiritualities. I mean, we're talking about religion here, which is, I take as more formal, but you have spirituality, you have mysticism and which nearly every culture on Star Trek has some kind of mysticism uh, involved except for the humans, the humans tend to not have any of that. I mean, Mm. we might see somebody uh, with, but very rarely with some kind of trap, you know, and you know, like you mentioned the Hindi, you know, somebody, somebody obviously was in the Hindi religion, but it's never talked about. And mostly it is shown that humans don't have, they don't have mysticism. They don't have any kind of, Except for Cisco, of course, who was dragged screaming and kicking into the idea. <laughs> but um, th- what do you think about that idea of that's kind of what makes it more difficult to talk about Idic as a concept? Well, yeah, let, let me see if I'm on the right uh, track with you here. I mean, within the construct of Star Trek, Star Trek is whatever the writers say it is, and they can make those characters behave in whatever way they want and react in whatever way they want. So if we say that there's Idic, and if we say that humanity, uh, at least earthbound humanity, uh, has evolved uh, uh, past the, the, the tribalism of the religions that we know now, so there may be these remnants of religious traditions and, and beliefs, but, but they're, they're not as um, deeply ingrained as you might find today. So you you can create this world of Star Trek and project it a few hundred years in the future, but that's a very different thing than, than sort of taking the metaphor of Star Trek and putting that on us now here in the 20th or 21st century as we are now. Um, Right. And expecting that to to actually take root. So I I think Kyle, the last time you were on the show, I want to say that we, we kind of talked for a little while after, and it it might've been you, I might be confusing this conversation with someone else, but we, we talked a little bit about these ideas and I remember saying something about the, you know, the bumper stickers that say coexist. Right. And, yeah. and they, yeah, you remember this, right? And, you know, they have the um, uh, religious symbology from the major world religions. And it's this sort of, it's this very nice idea to say, well, look, you know, we're, we're all on the same planet. We're all just people, regardless of what we believe, we should just get along. 
And the, the sentiment there is something that I think we can all get behind. But when you dig a little deeper, and I was having this conversation again with somebody just today, um, there is a problem when you take philosophies that have mutually exclusive, contradictory ideas at their cores and say, oh, okay, now just get along. When, when part of the driving force of one of those beliefs or the other or the other or the other directly contradicts would even say, uh, need to remove or subjugate or, you know, conquer that other belief system. Uh, so the, the practice is a little different from the, the maybe feel good philosophy that we're putting out there. Okay. Yeah, so- I'm sorry, really quickly. I, I hate to interrupt. You've said philosophy twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I wonder if that's actually the proper use of that term. Well, uh, so let's say that in, in some respects, as you have a, a religious belief or religious philosophy, but we're also talking about philosophy of worldviews, which may or may not be religiously motivated. So I'm just sorry, whatever worldviews, it might be contradictory with each other. Yeah. And in this context, I think philosophy just means view. Right. Mm -hmm. A different view or approach or something like that. Right. Yeah. So the the, the coexist thing, if again, I think the the difference between acceptance and tolerance is is useful here. Right. If coexist just means everyone should take Ken's approach to religion. Right. Like whatever anybody wants to believe, just whatever, then, then they can believe that and then leave them alone, but also leave me alone and we can all coexist, right? I don't have to accept your view. I don't have to think it's true. I don't even have to like it, uh, but I can tolerate it. I cannot interfere with it, right? Even though I don't accept it or think it's true, right? And the call to coexist might be a call for just everyone to do that, right? And potentially if everyone just embraced that, that would be something that would be at least logically possible to do. Um, however, uh, I think that coexist often means uh, all religions are equal. Uh, and there are a number of ways to parse out what that could possibly mean, right? Because mm. if it means they're all true, that can't possibly be the case because they make logically contradictory claims, right? right. Um, uh, Jesus can't both be the Messiah and not be the Messiah, right? Which would have to be the case if all religions were literally true. Um you could think that they're all legally justified, but at that point you would essentially be thinking that they're all unjustified because they don't have any evidence behind them. Um, one way to do it, again, I've talked about this already, would be to say that re- religious language is non-literal, right? Uh, and so when I say that if, if I'm talking, if I think religious language is non-literal and I say a religion is true, I don't mean it's literally true. I mean that it is uh, like it's true in the same way that Lord of the Rings is true, right? And Star Trek is true. It has true morals. It is true to life. It tells us about ourselves. It, 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 you know, it, it tells us about morality and it has lessons in it and that kind of stuff. And if that's what you mean by true, sure, all religions can be true in the same way that Lord of the Rings can be true and Star Wars can be true and Star Trek can all be true in that way, right? But I don't think that's what a lot of people mean when they say their religion is true. Right. There's a lot of theologians, I think, who mean that. But the ordinary person who practices religion doesn't think that their religion is true in that metaphorical, non-literal way. Hmm. Karen. (laughs) (laughs) So how how does all that sit with you? Well, it just goes to prove the point that it's it's so complex. Yes. As to is to how it's received and how it is sent out. And, and and even in the in the writing world of how you pick and choose those elements to tell whatever story it is that you want to tell. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's all very you know. It's it's just way more complicated than you can sink your teeth into. I would I do wish that it, uh, I and I hope that it's not so dicey to to put that out there because I in a lot of ways. It has not been, it's, it's, they're not afraid to put it out there if it's a Klingon or, uh, you know, major Kira or, but there's no examination, you know, for the human cultures, which is, I think now established and fine, but it's just, I, I hope they don't, 
I hope it doesn't get pulled back. I feel like there's a pulling back of even examining it for the purpose of story all around. Well, well I, I think you kind of nailed it, though. It, you, you know, as we like to point out in Mission Log and say, well, look, all these alien cultures, it's not about the aliens. It's about the aspect of humanity that the writers are choosing to examine at that point. So Bajor is a great example. And and I know that in Sean's original email here and some of the comments that I've seen on Facebook, um, it, you're all surprised that we haven't talked very much about the, the religious aspect of DS9. Honestly, it's because we're still watching DS9. So there's so yeah. yet to come. So we're not going to get into the, uh, the the deep weeds on that one until we get there. Um, right. But I think with Bajor, it's particularly fascinating because we spend so much time there meeting, well, in orbit of there and meeting so many different representatives of what Bajoran culture is like, that it's an excellent analog for looking at the variations of religious belief on Earth. It's not about the aliens. It's about us. And you've got people who are. I would say non-believers to, to maybe just say they're uninterested or, or unmotivated by their belief in any really profound way. Then you've got people who are motivated in very strange ways. Like, again, I'll go back to the cloud monster believing sect out in some sad little village that uh, <laughs> just bring their punishment upon themselves every year. Um, <laughs> But but then you have, you know, these uh, higher levels and the, the Vedics and Kais who have power, but also have a desire for political power that comes with that. You, you know, this is all reflective of the ways that religious beliefs manifest themselves here on Earth now, mm-hmm. for good and for bad. Um, so I, I appreciate the very complex way that they're looking at that. And then sure, you've got Klingons and you've got Vulcans with just sort of, you know, kind of loosely defined spiritualism that has to do with spirits, souls, talking to each other across the universe, whatever, whatever. They just keep changing that whenever they want. So, um, yeah, but I, I, but I do think that Star Trek overall is kind of making a statement by having its human characters a step removed from that. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that, that is a statement that speaks to me. I know it doesn't speak to everybody in our audience. I know it doesn't speak to everybody in Star Trek's audience, but it, it does particularly inform my interpretation and my view of that show. I feel like DS9 actually, it, it's, Part of what makes it a a somewhat polarizing uh, series is because it does delve so deeply into that with with the Bajorans. And Mm -hmm. some people are uncomfortable with, I think, that aspect of it, even though it is used as a mirror, you know. And, And so I do think that that's one of the things that but I, you know, I feel like that was pulled back from after Deep Space Nine. And I I kind of hope that. I mean, I think that you, it can be worked in because I think that's what people actually can recognize, even if they don't recognize it consciously, you yeah. know, and it actually is something that makes them understand the stories, you know, and that's what makes it such a good storytelling vehicle. Yeah. So that was just my point. Well, stick with us another two and a half years and uh, we'll, we'll yeah. have all the answers for you. <laughs> on uh, DS9. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Thanks a lot, Karen, for calling in. We really do appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, mm, what a remind want to remind people uh, after this show, stay on Facebook uh, to catch the live live recording, excuse me, of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Uh, John, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, This is the last time that they're going to be doing it at this time. I heard this. It will be preceding us as of next week. Yeah, I can't remember what time it is. I want to say it's like 5 p.m. Pacific Pacific, Eastern. Yeah, starting next week. But tonight, uh, when we're done, you got about 30 minutes. Uh, grab a snack and then uh, sit in with Elijah and Anthony. And I don't know if they have their other co-host yet or if it's just the two of them flying solo this week. I don't know how it's going to go. You want to find out? Well, go to uh, facebook.com slash priority one podcast and, uh, and you can do that. Now, if you don't have, uh, if you're not going to stay up that late tonight, you've got something else to do, maybe a theater dinner or something along those lines. 
uh, don't forget to uh, catch the download when it's available because the show that they record tonight gets edited into almost a completely different show and is available for you sometime on Friday. So facebook.com slash priority one podcast tonight or podcast.roddenberry.com uh, for links to the latest episode of their show and all the other shows that we have on the network. Can I ask a question? Do we let ourselves off the hook by saying that things are more complicated today? We were talking before the show about the song Imagine. And and the thing about the song Imagine is it's like over 40 years old now. It's almost 50 years old. It might even be 50 years old. And it feels, you know, quaint. And you hear it, you know, between sets at whatever club you're at, depending on what kind of music is playing there or what kind of musicians are playing there. And we all know the words and it, all, it becomes just sort of a thing that we say. And I don't know if we really concentrate on it because then we say, well, if you want to tell real stories, you have to tell real stories. And would it not be better to tell stories that imagine something better as opposed to imagining, well, what if it was, you know, us today, but 300 years from now? I mean, is there a place, I mean, I guess, is there a call for, you can make speeches about American carnage. You can make speeches about they're coming for you. Or you can make speeches about there is so much that we can all share and that we can all do. I mean, is that – sorry. I, don't, it's, it, I, I rankle when we say, you know, it's more complex than that because we make it more complex than that, it seems to me. Not to go all Richard Gere on everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Well, and that that might be the 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 what you're talking about there, Ken. Might be um, a, it, the reason you don't like it is because it is tolerance of intolerance, or it implies it, or it's engaged in it in some kind of way. Um, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding uh, at some point, but um, let, let me I, let me let me give you the quote. I, I, I try to look up a quote from Popper about the paradox of tolerance, which I think is, is, is related here. Uh, mm -hmm. This is very, very short, but unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance. If we extend unlimited tolerance, even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the intolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed and tolerance with them. M maybe what you're talking about, Ken, is when you just say it's more complex than that, that's not being prepared to defend the tolerant society against the onslaught of intolerance. I'm not, maybe I'm misunderstanding what exactly you were, you're getting. Well, no, at, I don't think I was getting at anything. It was just, it was just, you know, an hour of this kind of conversation. <laughs> I come to a place of like, wh why are we muddying the water as much as we're muddying the water? Is this canon? Is that canon? Are we literal about this? I mean, or do we concern ourselves with the exact words that were said? or with what somebody was trying to say. And mm -hmm. I guess that's the kind of thing that I wonder about, but that's probably a little off topic from what we're talking about tonight. I think maybe is, is there, here's a, a real quick question. Is there been an episode where this, like, here's what it says, but should we really, should it really mean that we tolerate that because that thing that's going on in this episode is intolerant. And should we, has there been an episode that does that? Not That's one that I can question. think of off the top of my head. Not one yeah. that we've gotten to yet anyway. I mean, I can't speak to all of Star Trek, but I can't think of one, uh, John. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of one either. I mean, we think of positions where the, the prime directive has been tested. So, right. you know, that's, that's different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't interfere whether that would be a good thing or a bad thing. But yeah, just just well, to let me let me tolerate, tolerate the intolerant for the sake of tolerance. Right. I, I think we have. Let me let me close with this then. And I'm not going to weigh in on what is currently better or not. This is one of the reasons, and I know this is a Star Trek uh, uh, cast, obviously. This is one of the reasons that I really like the Orville. Because <laughs> they, are, they are addressing this directly in the second season, where one of the major races in uh, their, their alliance, the Union, the Mocklins, are not tolerant of the existence of females. Right. Mm -hmm. When females are born in their society, we learn in the second season, they are literally changed or they have to run for their lives. Right. And there is these great conversations that they have where like, yeah, we want to be tolerant of all viewpoints and tolerate, you know, of, of different people's ways of life and their cultures, et cetera, et cetera. But how far does that go? 
right? And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great, I mean, it, they're not quoting Idic, right? But they really have the Idic philosophy and they're really dealing with this kind of tolerance of intolerance. Well, I've, got, I've got good news for you. The clock on the wall tells me that we've actually solved it. <laughs> oh, oh, we're, we're done with religion, religion and Idic. Well, we're out of time. And I know, I know we wouldn't have started a conversation like this if we didn't think there was going to be, you know, a solution at the end of it. So, uh, <laughs> we must be at the solution. We must, we must have been. And, and I'm sorry that I missed it, but I do look forward to, as John said earlier, listening back and, and seeing what we decided. Uh, do me a favor really quickly, if you could, sir, remind people what the best place is to find you and, and the things you want them to know about uh, as far as David Kyle Johnson is concerned. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Dr. David Kyle Johnson. Uh, uh, just search for that. I'll pop up. Most of my stuff is there. Uh, you can find uh, my works on uh, academia.edu. Just look at David, David Kyle Johnson, uh, Google, or search for that on academia.edu. Um, you can listen to me teach entire courses at the great courses. I have Exploring Metaphysics. I have The Big Questions of Philosophy. And most recently, I have Sci-Fi. Science fiction as philosophy. You can hear me talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and all of your favorite science fiction uh, as much as you like, as long as much as you like is 12 hours worth. It's 24 half-hour lectures. Um, and uh, I'll plug my current project I'm working on right now is a book on Black Mirror, Black Mirror and philosophy. New episodes drop tonight. We're going to be including chapters on those. So that's the next thing that's on my docket. So uh, there you go. Thanks for letting me talk about that bad can't thank you enough we will have to do this about 12 more times to continue this conversation until then mission log is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry technical production on mission log live is by earl green who honestly makes their show better and better every week be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log, but Women at Warp, Priority One, The Trek Files, and your new daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Some fun items over there. Thank you to everyone who joined us live or later. We will talk to you again next week. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network